Hi, my name is Molly Schulte Tucker, and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. In the fall of 2023, we have been exploring the makings of worship with our series Liturgy, a word that literally means the work of the people. Over the course of five weeks, we'll explore the purpose of worship, the space in which we worship and its evolution to today, the community that gathers to worship, the time we set aside to worship, and the theology and therapeutic effects of music to our community and our soul. songs as of late with you. Drew Holcomb and the neighbors. You got to find your people. It kept coming to mind as I read through our scripture passage for this week from Romans 12, talking about the early church finding their people. Hear these words from Romans 12. Verses 1 through 18. I appeal to you, therefore, siblings, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. So we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher and teaching, the exhorter and exhortation, the giver and generosity, the leader and diligence, the compassionate and cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, or another translation, don't be lazy. Be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, 
I'm going to say that phrase again. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are in a series talking about worship about what happens in this space, why we do it, why this space looks like it does. We talked about that last week. Today we're talking about why it's important that there's more than just one of us in this room. Having lived through a year of COVID and about six months where there were about four people in this room on any given Sunday, no one else allowed, it still brings me so much joy and I hope forever in my ministry will bring me joy to see faces in front of me to preach to instead of just a little red dot. When I was in seminary uh, for the first year, I attended a church that I had connections with through passport camps. That I, had. I knew the youth minister there, and so I decided to visit. Here's the thing, the worship service wasn't my flavor. And as I met with him over coffee, I said, it's, it's not really my style. And he said, mine neither. But he said, you know, if worship is the worst thing about a church, I think we're doing pretty well. That changed my outlook. Because what I started to notice on Sundays wasn't whether or not I liked the mid-90s praise song. I noticed that there were 20 different people involved in making that music. Up on the platform, there was a violinist who was in high school. There was a trumpet player with special needs. And between them, a mixture of people who were producing this sound that I had once said wasn't my flavor. That was worship. There's an old tale of a churchgoer who shall remain nameless who met the pastor as they exited morning worship. The worshiper told the pastor, I just didn't like any of the hymns we sang this morning. And the pastor said, that's okay, we weren't worshiping you. <laughs> but there's truth there, you know? In worship, we come into this room to praise God. To hear a word of challenge, maybe a, a, a word of hope, maybe hear a truth that is often blurred outside of these doors, to hear a word of reassurance that God is with us even when we forget, and to re-enter the world reminded that we are beloved by the God of the universe, and it is now our conscience and our choice to choose to love others as we believe Jesus loves them beyond judgment, beyond bias, beyond tolerance, with extravagant love. Well, best case scenario, that's what happens on Sunday mornings. 
But as we discussed last week in the evolution of this worship space, is that we tend to act as if worship exists to please us. We tend to act as the consumers of what happens here rather than the contributors to worship. Paul tells us in Romans that when that happens, it affects the body of believers with whom we worship. Paul's letter to the church at Rome tells us that when we come to worship together then and now, We come not just with a mind that knows how to think about God, but a body and a heart that tries to enact that belief. And while we can study or learn in our ivory towers of books and contemplation away from a faith community, Paul tells us that there is beauty and even necessity in practicing our theology within a community of believers. This is our practice field for what goes on out there. How you act in here, I'll bet, is how you act out there. Or as Dr. Wallace Horton, a professor of liturgics, says, while our faith may be personal, it is never private. So in Romans 12, Paul gives us what interactional theology looks like with one another in a worshiping community setting like we have here. He begins by asking us to give our bodies, our entire selves, into the act of worship. Paul sets us up telling us that worship involves our whole self and that to discern the will of God, to figure out how we are to act and interact in the world, our minds must be continuously renewed, which means in church, there are no stuck people, right? It means that in church, there's not anyone who is set in their ways, right? It means that in church, theoretically, the longer you've sat in a pew and had your mind renewed over and over and over and over, it means that you're very agile in your faith. You are go with the flow. The more mature your faith is, right? The, The more flexible your faith is. Because your mind's been renewed so much, right? Right? Part of this renewal is remembering that we are one of many. Generations before us and behind us. Paul writes that we don't think of ourselves as higher than anyone else. But with sober judgment is his word. I would guess that it's with a judgment that is not drunk on power or ownership or rightness or divisive actions. We come into the worship of God in community. But then as soon as Paul gives this instruction for how we are to enter into the worship space, 
he gives us then examples of how we should behave in our interactions with one another, which also kind of say to me, this worship space wasn't meant to be an audience and a teacher, but, but more interactive. But it's almost as if he's, he's saying what begins in worship of putting our whole selves into this time and this body, it doesn't end in worship. While worship may serve the purpose as the heartbeat of our community, we talked about that a few weeks ago, that this time, this space is the, the heartbeat of our community. It is only because we have been at the places where the oxygen and the blood are being pushed to, where the conversations are happening, where the encouragement uh, has given courage to a tired mind and soul, where the nerves have been shot so the community has upheld someone, where the limbs are tired so someone from the community has stepped in. The heartbeat does not beat for the sake of the heart, but for the sake of the whole body. What we do here is not just for the sake of your relationship to God, but your relationship to all God's people. What we do here reorients us to God, to our neighbors, and to the earth below our feet. And Paul tells us as the body of Christ right here what it means to interact with one another who claim to know Christ. He says these things. Or as NT scholar, as New Testament scholar NT Wright states, these are the ways in which love will show itself to be the true version rather than a counterfeit. Paul tells us that love always does the good instead of the evil. So here are the direct ways. In verse 11, Paul tells us to not be lazy in our eagerness to do good. Don't be lazy. Don't slack. Don't just deal with it. Love does what is good. Love gives the note of encouragement or cheerfulness. Love is genuine in its interaction with others. Love goes above and beyond to honor others in our midst. Love goes above and beyond to honor others by what we say to them to their face, and when they're not in the room. Love rejoices when there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Love helps hold on when hope feels forever away. Love holds a candle of hope in the darkness for someone else who cannot see a path forward. Love holds others in the spirit as we pray for rest or peace or healing. Love knows no strangers but only people that we haven't met yet. Love practices humility. Love doesn't mind being knocked down a few pegs if it means your relationships are more true and genuine and wholesome and loving. But Paul's final words, if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. 
You know the old saying, where two or more Baptists are gathered, there are three or more opinions. We don't give the weight to peace that we should. Peace within ourselves leads to peace in community. So I wonder, to get to peace, to act upon love, is there a conversation you need to have this week? Is there a note you need to write this week? Is there encouragement you need to hear or offer to someone else this week? If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all.